Well, this is, uh, usually pastors don't uh, like to preach this Sunday. <laughs> Just let you know the insight to pastors, because it's the, it's the bridge Sunday, and usually not many people came to church, but you came to church anyway. Hey. Amen, way to go. So maybe next year I'll sign up for this one. But this is a time in which we reflect on the last year, and we, um, we both kind of nurse our wounds and try to get some gumption for the next year. For many, uh, we come in today and we are tired. <laughs> in fact, there are a lot of people who are missing today because they're sick. And maybe you're just sick and tired. But I know this has been a difficult year for many. And as we uh, take, put on a brave face and look towards the next decade, uh, we have to consider, will we have enough strength to endure We'll be able to go on. And so this is a, a, a great time. I, I've, I've, I found a perfect chapter in the Bible, Isaiah 40, which is the bridge, the perfect bridge uh, set of scripture. And it's too much for us to go through all today, but we'll just do a few highlights in Isaiah chapter 40. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. We'll, we'll, uh, you'll need to follow along with us. There's a story I heard about a, uh, a family that went, went and visited some friends at their lake house. And uh, it was a small family visiting another small family. And, and uh, in this one family, there were a set of uh, younger children. One of them was a four-year-old boy. And as they were at the lake house, they were up near the house, and they were on the lawn, and they heard the worst sound possible. They heard splash, looked around, and the four-year-old boy was nowhere to be found. The father's heart jumped into his throat, and he made a beeline to the pier. And he looked around, and he just saw ripples everywhere. And he jumped in, no son to be found. And he pushed his hands left and right to try and find his son and could not find him. And then he swam back to the dock, and as he did, he felt his son clinging to one of the piles, the, one of the, the piers, and grabbed him and pulled him up and put him on the, on, the, on the deck. And he was coughing and sputtering, and, and the family was, as you can imagine, both just shocked and scared and excited all at the same time. And they said, son, what are, what are you doing? Why, why were you holding on to the pier? And the boy looked up at his dad and he said, I was just waiting for you. And today as we look at Isaiah and as we think about this transition, the word from from God today is, hold on, hold on, your father's coming, hold on. Isaiah chapter 40 is a, is a, a rich transition. It is the prophet Isaiah speaking, and 1 through 39 is uh, God speaking through Isaiah to tell the, the children of Israel that they are going to be judged, that God's patience with them 
has worn out, and it is, a t- it is a time of transition for them. And they should expect the next scene in their history to transition from being in Jerusalem, from being a nation, to being a people who are in exile. That, that God was going to send other people to come and oppress them and take them away into captivity, and their captivity would last for a very long time. They would no longer be able to worship. They would no longer be able to have their own homes. They would no longer have their own temple. They would no longer have all the amenities of being at home. They would not be at home for a very, very long time. And so 1 through 39 is God telling through his prophet that this is about to happen, but there is still hope that God is going to create a new Jerusalem, a new place, that he is going to send a savior and there will, be, there will be a faithful remnant. There will be a seed that will grow up. That God is not done with his people. Chapter 40 then anticipates what happens when the exile is about to be over. And chapter 40, Isaiah is speaking to the people of God saying, you know what? God has a word for you at the end of the exile as well. As you have become tired, (laughs) and as God is saying, now you're going to get to go home. Now, these are people who've lived for a very long time away from home. These are people who feel like they have been forgotten by God. So today, as you summarize 2019, and you look where you are, maybe you're tired. Maybe you've lost loved ones, and you have some despair Maybe your health has has kept you from living the life that you thought you'd be living right now. Hold on. Hold on. Maybe you have a, a chronic sin in your life. And today you are worn out. Maybe you have a chronic person in your life and you're worn out. The word today is, hold on. The Father's coming. Hold on. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 and 2. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. And cry to her that her welfare is in, her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. As we we see the story that's unfolding in the book of Isaiah, God is speaking to His people, His people um, who have had king after king. Uh, Ahab and Hezekiah, some who have done really evil things and others who've done pretty good and then evil things and then pretty good and then evil things. It's a constant, uh, a constant need of, of calling out for God and receiving redemption. And so God is going to send them away to this place And so he's speaking to those who have been in exile, and he's comforting them. He says, I want you to see there's a bigger picture. 
Each of us are, are part of our own story. We know our own story well. It's unfolding, and it's unfolding in real time. But we need to understand that God has a bigger picture. There's a bigger story. There's a meta-narrative that we all belong to as well. And that we have a place in that narrative, that you have a place in God's story. It isn't just your story. It's not just my story. But it's the story that God has been unfolding for, for all of eternity. And we have a place in that story. Let us not forget our place in the big story that God is unfolding. And he's telling this to the people who are in, who are in exile that this, your time, your place in this history is now going to transition. You're about to get to come home. So, so be encouraged. Know that I'm coming as a comforter to tell you that you've waited, you, you, you've held on, and now it's a chance for you to come home. It's important for us to realize that we are part of God's bigger story. We get even, I don't know about you, but like, week, I'm a week-to-week, day-to-day guy. You know how I'm doing. Up and down. But God's story is, is a story that's leading in a direction, and it's culminating in a glorious end. We must hold on to the bigger story. On April 15th, 1912, uh, Dr. J. Holden was a, a pastor in England, and he and his wife were set to go out on the Titanic. Very excited. But that morning, Mrs. Holden woke up very sick. So they had to give up their tickets. They didn't get to go. Had no one to take them, so they kept them. They missed the Titanic. They missed the Titanic. After all that transpired, Dr. Holden kept those two tickets, and he framed them, and he put them up on his mantle. And below that, he put a, a placard that said, a testimony to the love of God. He'd been spared. Some months later, um, a friend stopped by and was admiring the, uh, the, the tickets and the, the placard. And he said, but Dr. Holden, I think you have the wrong sign. So what do you mean? He said, on that same uh, ship was an evangelist whose name is Harper. And in fact, today there is a church called the Harper Memorial Chapel. And Harper was on that, on the Titanic when it went down. And it said, and it's been reported by those, some of the survivors of the Titanic, that Harper was swimming around in the water, still evangelizing. And that several people came to faith while they were swimming in the water. But Harper passed away. He said, Dr. Holden, would you say then that God loves you more than the evangelist? Of course not. I think you should, I think you should check, change your placard, and it should say, a testimony to God's sovereignty. Because by God saving you, he receives glory. But in letting, but letting the evangelist Harper perish, and in his perishing, God received glory as well. I think you should change the placard. 
What is your place in the story of God? His story. God has a plan. He has purposes. He has a direction in which history will flow. And oftentimes we are so overwhelmed with these moments that we forget that there's a bigger story and that God will get the glory. In verses 7 and 8, he says, The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. Our time is short. It's like Ecclesiastes. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. So what fad are you on? What fad are you trying to to, to figure out what life's all about? What steps are you going to take in, in 2020? What psychological understanding of the world, this latest thing that you're doing? I want to tell you, there is a theme that goes throughout all of history that never changes. The themes are that there is a God who who created all of the universe, that man is sinful and we're in need of a Savior and that Jesus is that Savior. Basic themes. Confess your sins. Turn to God. It's pretty simple. The word of God never changes. Your, the, fa, the fads will always change. It'll be from, you'll be blown around left and right if we follow the fads of the day, but the word of God stands forever. We can trust that God is going to win the day. God is going to win the day. And in your trial and in your trouble, when you have no energy, when you are tired of losing the battles that you're facing, I want to tell you, hold on. Hold on. The Father is coming. This is the truth. This is the word of God that endures from generation to generation. And so when Isaiah is speaking to the the people in exile, don't forget the whole story. Don't forget about Abraham and Isaac. Don't forget the fact that we were called to be a people by a man who could not have children, and we became a people and were numerous. Don't give up. Don't forget about David and the temple. Don't forget about our rescue from from slavery. Don't don't forget Moses. Don't don't forget what God has done. He has a plan. He's moving forward. And you fit into this plan. You fit into God's plan. Amen. And God's word, God's plan will always be proven true. He is faithful to, to save. And this is the story of God's people as a whole and God's people specifically, that we mess up and we have to call out to a God that saves us. We mess up again, we call out to a God and he saves us. We mess up again, we call out to a God and he saves us. Where are you in this cycle? Call out to God. I believe in, in this group of folks, there are some who've gotten, gone off the path. You may have left the reservation altogether. And it's by a grace of God you're even here today. Praise the Lord. He's saying, come home. There are others who are maybe staples in the church. You're, you're here regularly. You may be a great servant of the Lord, but your heart is, has grown cold over this last year. Continue to be faithful. 
Some of you may be chewed up. You, you've spent a lot of time in ministry and service, and things have not worked out well for you by your doing or others. You're tired. Others have been serving so long, you think maybe this is the, the winter of my ministry, the winter of my service. I'm going to pack it in. I heard a pastor tell me that one time. I was about to shake him. In the book of Judges, there is a particular judge named Samson who is a mighty powerful guy and a real jerk. <laughs> All in one. And God calls him out to do some mighty works. To, and in fact, the book of Judges is this rotation, this, this continued cycle, uh, the people of God disobeying him, and God sends a prophet and speaks to them, and they cry out to God, things are so bad, and God saves them, and it keeps going over and over. And this is, this is one of those prophets, one of those judges that comes to save a very terrible people, and he's a terrible person himself. And so, many of you know how this story goes. He, he's really frequent in the prostitutes and other people that aren't his wife. And this one tricks him and saps his strength and he's imprisoned and you think the story's over. It's done for Samson. In many ways, you feel like, well, he kind of got what he deserved too, right? Like, don't do that. That's bad. Which sounds pretty nice for us who are, you know, so far distant, but it's not so fun if you're Samson. And you know how the story goes. At the end of his life, they've plucked out his eyes, and he's, he's being held at a great party, and he's chained to two pillars, and he's there as a spectacle of God's failing and Samson's failing. And God prays out, prays, Samson prays one more time, Lord, please give my strength back for this. And God allows him to have strength, and he pulls down and causes the greatest victory that Israel had seen. God was not done with Samson. And in fact, you look in the book of Hebrews, and it lists those who are faithful. You don't expect to see his name there, but you see his name there because he continued to believe to the end. To the end. So today, maybe you're tired. Maybe your prospects don't look even very good for 2020. In fact, you've seen your own cycle and you're pretty disgusted by it. I want to tell you, this is the story of God's people from the beginning of time. Yours is not much different. So believe. Hold on. Hold on. The Father's coming. And just as, as Isaiah continues on, we hear God saying that there will be one who comes. And he'll come from the wilderness and he'll make straight the path for the Lord. He's speaking of John the Baptist, isn't he? So 
We see Jesus is promised to come. There is one who's going to redeem his people. We have a Savior who hears your cry. We have a Savior who hears your cry and has acted. We have a Savior who comes to forgive you of your sins and give you new life. Hold on. The Father's coming. Let's pray.